My father abandoned me and called me a waste. Later in life, he needs an organ. I agree and match with him and then abandon him at the hospital the day of the surgery after calling him a waste. He will die alone and I will ruin his funeral. My parents divorced when I was in first grade. Not only did my dad disappear like Houdini, he stole my mother's ATM card to her personal account and drained her dry. My mother, being the saint that she is, didn't even bat an eye. She was still cordial to him and never said a negative word about him. To me, my dad, albeit abandoning us, was still my hero. From first through fifth grade, I had the usual abandoned by dad stories. Maybe one or two visits a year and 50 times of me waiting by the front window with my suitcase packed up to go to his house and him never showing up. My mom through all of this was supportive and never said an ill word about him. So he still stayed my hero. When I was in sixth grade, my mother finally remarried and my father, who only had a picture of me at eight months old in his wallet went ballistic. Did I mention that he never paid child support? He would use his father's social, they had the same name, to get away with it. After my mom remarried, he let it be known that I was now my stepdad's responsibility. He cut off communication with me until I graduated high school. He didn't attend my graduation or send a card. What he did do was write me an email thanking God he no longer had to pay child support. He didn't do it anyway. What really broke me was his ruthless and brutal attack on my mother. Attack her weight, her looks, her teeth, and blaming any perceived negative traits that I had on her. For the first time, I realized what a cowardly piece of trash he was. I responded in kind. He told me I was no child of his and that I was a waste. After that, I vowed that I would hurt him. Ten years later, my father, not interested in my wedding or my son, reached out to me. You see, he is a diabetic and one of his organs was failing and he didn't have long. He's too far down on the list and he needs Needed someone in our family to donate. This is where the nuclear revenge activated. I answered his email. I met up with him and pretended that I didn't hate his guts. I went and got tested to see if I was a match. I was. I did the therapy and met with the doctors and his therapist. We scheduled the surgery. The day of the surgery, we meet at the hospital. I smiled in his face and let him know that I wouldn't be going through with the surgery. I watched the confusion line his face and I said, I just wanted you to know that you're no father to me and that you're a waste. I left the hospital and drove home. My mom was pretty annoyed with me that I took it that far. My father is dying and I will be attending the funeral out of spite and I will let everyone know what a piece of trash he was. This story was extremely brutal. I mean, he went through all of this, pretending like he didn't hate his dad, going and meeting up, doing the test, and even going on the day of surgery in order to, I guess, intensify the pain. And maybe it was because he didn't want the father to have enough time to find another donor or something because he thought he was already covered. But the side effect of that that I don't think he's realizing is that he also wasted the time of a lot of other people, the therapist, the people in the hospital, somebody else that could have used that surgeon during that time instead, I guess, had a cancellation here. I know that's probably the last thing that anyone's thinking about in this situation, but that's what I kept thinking during that whole section. Later on, the OP went back and added some more details about this. He said that his father was and is semi-obsessed with his mother. His attachment to them was only in his perceived ability to get back with his mother. He also says that he has been 
been married over four times and supports and loves his stepkids without a thought to us. But once his mother remarried, he was done with us. People also asked if he, the OP, had reached out to the father and he said that he had reached out to him multiple times to invite him to the graduation, to let him know before his marriage that he was the grandfather and all he got back were pictures of his new wife's kids. There's a few updates, but this one part shows a little bit of insight into what the OP was kind of going through because he said, upon getting to know him after agreeing to donate, I went to one of his therapy sessions at his request. There, I heard the story of the true reason he contacted me. I listened as he lamented about his impending death, how he was resigned to his fate, only to have his new wife remind him of his former kids and maybe one of them will donate. And he got excited because he had forgotten all about us. And it was like hope was renewed. Do you know how terrible it is to listen to the person who is responsible for your very existence talk about forgetting your very existence? Like, I was a pair of sturdy old boots that gathered dust in the back of the hall closet. Now rediscovered, I was to be warned to go shovel poop out in the yard. I knew then that I wasn't going to give him anything. So as brutal as this whole scenario is, what would you do if you were in this situation, either as the father or the OP or anyone that you identify with in this? Let me know down below. A friend set up my dad and he was beat up so bad he barely made it. My grandfather got revenge on everyone involved. This story is actually from my dad and other family members who witnessed it. This all went down in the late 1970s when my dad was 17 years old. The area he grew up in was in the UK and it was a stereotypical working class town. The part of town my family lived was run down full of poor families and had its fair share of crime. But it was close knit and everyone knew everyone. This will be important later. Now my dad wasn't the most well behaved kid and he had hated being at school, but aside from a speeding ticket, he had never been in trouble with the police. He was and still is a really talented musician and had a very active social life. For his 17th birthday, one of his friends bought him a leather jacket with a very specific logo on it. We'll call this friend Dave. According to my dad, it was a rare and quite expensive motorcycle jacket. He was extremely happy that Dave had got it for him. Dave had bought himself the same jacket a while before and it was a big surprise. My grandmother apparently joked that with the jackets on, they looked like twins. And she wasn't that far off. They had similar features, black hair, and were both well known for being kitted out in motorcycle gear. A few days after my dad's birthday, he was leaving work as a bartender in town around 10 p.m. As he was getting close to where his bike was parked, a gang of five members approached him from behind. The last thing my dad remembers is being smacked over the head and passing out as he hit the floor. These men beat up my dad with bike chains and a crowbar, literally within an inch of his life. Luckily, two bouncers from a nearby pub had heard the commotion and rushed to help. The man ran off, the bouncers called the cops, and my dad was taken to the hospital. It turned out that Dave had quite a substantial gambling habit and owed a large amount of money to people who you really didn't want to owe money to. They had threatened Dave and told him that they would be looking for him to teach him a lesson. So Dave decided to set up my dad and have him take the beating instead of himself, or at least lessen his chances of taking him. He had bought my dad the same exact jacket because these guys knew that was what he wore when he rode. He then arranged for a guy he knew to find out when my dad left work and call up the loan sharks to let them know where Dave was. What a scumbag. And this is where the revenge comes in. My grandfather and grandmother were obviously distraught about this whole thing. 
The first thought on my grandfather's mind was if my dad would survive. When that was answered, his second thought was how to best get revenge. A bit of background on my grandfather, he was a lifelong boxer and a career military man. He enlisted at the back end of World War II at 17, stayed in the forces through Korea, and then served in Malay and Burma as a scout and sniper during the mid to late 50s. He only reluctantly retired when my dad was little and worked as an engineer after his discharge. This guy was a certified badass even in his 50s and although he wasn't the best husband or father at times, he could never stand by and watch his family get hurt. The first move my grandfather made was to call up every ex-service buddy, bouncer, pub landlord, etc. he knew and even a few less than legit characters he knew from the pubs. In my town, word traveled fast and my grandfather was well liked and had a bit of a reputation so it wasn't long before he had the names and addresses of the five men who had attacked my dad. Apparently these guys had been bragging about beating up a defenseless man from behind. These guys were career criminals with violent reputations, but my grandfather really didn't care who or what they were. My grandfather had then called up a few of the most dangerous, hardened men he knew from the service. He explained to them what had happened and they were all happy to help. One night, the group kicked in the doors of each thug and beat them all up, all five of them, to a pulp. They knew that if they hit one, the others would hear about it and run, so they hit all five of them in one night. My grandfather knew that nobody would call the police in the area they lived. Talking to the cops was a big no-no in the area back then, so there was little chance of being caught. All five guys ended up bloodied with broken noses, shattered teeth, and the requirement to be fed from a tube by the end of the night. One of them had to be put into a medically induced coma. Of course, the police interviewed all of them in the hospital when they sufficiently recovered, but none of them talked. Both out of fear of my grandfather and fear that they would all be labeled as rats and nothing came of it. But my grandfather wasn't done there. My grandfather used his connections in the clubs and the bars to start spreading rumors about why they had been beaten up. Soon it had gotten around that these five guys had messed up and beaten up the wrong person. Not only that, they bragged about it and lied to whoever they worked for about it. Not only were they physically broken, but my grandfather ruined their credibility so that when they got out, no one, criminal or otherwise, wanted to be associated with them. Once this was all done, my grandfather turned his attention to Dave. He specifically left Dave for last, knowing he would poop his pants, knowing my grandfather knew what he had done. My grandfather, however, was much more subtle in dealing with Dave, as he thought a simple beating was too good for him. He waited and asked around, and it turned out Dave was not only a compulsive gambler, but had also turned into an addict as well. My grandfather found out who he was buying from when he would usually buy and wear. He had a buddy of his follow Dave when he went to buy stuff and follow him to where he was living and let my grandfather know. My grandfather then called an anonymous tip that there was a huge deal going on at that address and he thought he heard gunshots. He got two of his buddies to do the same. The police investigated, searched the house and caught Dave red-handed with buttloads of substances in his home as well as counterfeit bills and a ton of other illegal stuff. Dave was charged, denied bail and ended up pleading guilty to all the charges laid against him. My dad never remembered his exact sentence but it was definitely heavy, at least 15 years. To add to that, Dave owed a lot of money to a lot of people, and let's just say his time in prison was made much worse by this fact. My dad never spoke to him again. His parents disowned him. His girlfriend dumped him. He struggled to get a job with his record, and when he got out, he had to move miles away as no one he knew wanted anything to do with him. 
My dad eventually recovered from his injuries, although you can still see various scars on his body from that night. My grandfather never told anyone what he had done until my dad asked him about it when he got really ill in the early 1990s. Dave's life was ruined, and out of the five who attacked my dad, three ended up in prison later in life, and two ended up dead due to crime. My grandfather passed away in the late 1990s, and although my dad and him had their issues, it can never be said that he didn't look out for him when he needed it. The one part of the story that I wish I could hear a little more about was the perspective of the dad, because it seems like a lot of this is from the OP gathering everything from there and the grandfather and what the grandfather's whole plan was. But I mean, I wonder what the dad's perspective was on this entire thing. I mean, was he super resentful of Dave? He must have known that something happened with the grandfather because he waited until the grandfather seemed like he was going to die in the early 1990s in order to actually get the full story. So for all those years in between, he never actually knew what happened, which is kind of crazy because this is a huge thing that happened. Multiple people's lives were permanently changed. One of the responses that was pretty upvoted was somebody saying a quote from the Punisher that this is not revenge. This was punishment. To which somebody else responded totally agree. Play dangerous games win dangerous prizes. And this was something extremely dangerous. I mean there's many points in time where somebody could have actually lost their life along the way. Originally I thought that maybe the grandfather would just go after Dave. I didn't think he would go after the five people that actually did the beating up because in their mind, they were going after the gambling debt owing guy, Dave, and not this. So it wasn't that they were specifically trying to find him. Most of the fault falls on Dave. And I mean, you could argue either way, but it seems like the five of them had a punishment as bad as Dave in terms of pain. Obviously, Dave lost many years of his life in prison, but they're both pretty bad. So let me know what you would do if you were in this situation as crazy as it sounds down below. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and follow the podcast on Spotify.